This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Extreme Resurrection. I'm James Gruenberg, and alongside with me, as always, is Steve Riddle. Steve, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Glad to be back again as we continue our trek through the uh, the tedious year that has been 2007. Yeah, again, we find ourselves um, sandwiched uh, in between uh, one ECW show the great American bash and our second ECW show. So, uh, you know, we're, uh, as we are marching towards the uh, great American bash, where it'll be CM Punk versus Johnny Nitro for the ECW championship. But, uh, you know, and, uh, we lost some guys, uh, you know, we're past the Benoit thing. We lost Marcus Corvon. So, uh, you know, like we said, uh, ECW has to, uh, rebuild itself. And so, I feel like you're going to be seeing a lot of uh, the same matches, uh, like we said, but um, we'll see what happens. We do have some, we did get a debut um, the last time uh, we have uh, Big Daddy V, as he's now called, formerly known as Viscera. He's here, uh, you know, we'll see him in action. But um, other than that, yeah, we are on the march to the uh, Great American Bash. We are... ECW, July 17th, 2007, we're in Laredo, Texas. You know, we've been in Texas uh, for, a, for a while uh, in uh, June. I feel like we've been there for like June and July. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, it has been kind of uh, kind of unusual that we have been kind of occupied this uh, the state of Texas for the last month. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're back there. Uh, it's a huge crowd, uh, you know, because like again, you got the SmackDown and the um, the ECW stars going together. Oh, there's a uh, press conference outside of Johnny Nitro's locker room, and um, and his agent comes out and says uh, this will be Johnny Nitro's last night in ECW. So. <clears throat> When he first said that, I was like, oh, I wonder what they're going with. Uh, like, what does this mean? Uh, you know, I was a little bit shocked. They were like going with an angle here. I forgot this. You know, we know what he becomes. But, uh, you know, I didn't know it was back back in um, back here. Yeah, I was more shocked that if they decided to do it on the, the go home, basically, um, to the bash and not um, maybe not like the week after. Yeah, so uh, they're playing it off like Johnny Nitro is going to leave ECW. But I mean, again, Joey Styles is like, well, what's going to happen to the title? And CM Punk is the uh, is the number one contender. So we'll have to see what that's all about. 
But uh, to kick off ECW, this ECW show, we have, again, it seems, but again, uh, we're sure on roster, but you always get a good... Um, you always get a good match between these two. CM Punk versus Elijah Burke. Before we get into it, Steve, uh, I do have to bring up that th- the crowd was really, I think, silent during this match here. You know, they were kind of chanting CM Punk, but for the most part, they were really quiet here. What did you think of that? Yeah, that was kind of weird. I mean, I don't know if it's just that... Um... Maybe just the Laredo crowd's not a hot market for them, or because um, like you, cause like you said, they were they definitely did get hot for Punk, but um, I, maybe it's just again, you know, like we've said before, the the repetition of just seeing the same match over and over again is now starting to kind of to kind of rear its ugly head because as as good as these guys are together and as good as matches they have, there's only you know so many times that you can see it before it really starts to get repetitive. Yeah, and it gets stale. I mean, if you've been watching like the ECW shows before you go to the live taping or like the live show, you know, what's going to come. So it's like, Oh, we got to do this again. You know? So you can see that maybe they were paying attention and being like, Oh, we're going to get this probably again. So let's see what we got here. Arm drags and knees to Burke to Burke's shoulder kicks to kicks to Elijah and a light drop. Punk is really working on Burke's shoulder. uh, You know, like, He's Elijah Burke is like really complaining to uh, the referee about his shoulder. Her Karana to the outside by Burke, Boston Crab to Punk. Burke goes to work on Punk's uh, lower back area. So they're really playing off each other. Punk goes for the shoulder while Burke works on the uh, the lower back and it's working. Uppercut to Punk. Clothesline and a flapjack to Burke. Back suplex to Punk. A DDT by Punk for a two count, and then a GTS out of nowhere for the win. For this matchup, Steve, I went two and a quarter. I thought it was good, but again, it's like repetitive. And uh, like they're not showing us anything new, but they are still showing us the uh, the energy of uh, hanging with each other and being able to work with each other. So I went two and a quarter on it. It was good starts. Yeah, I went um, I went three on it. Um... I mean, it's funny we complain about the repetitiveness, and yet I think every match we've that we've seen of them, at least I've given it no less than three stars. It just goes to show how good a chemistry they have together. Um, you know, they again good solid back and forth between the two. Um, like I said, Punk working the shoulder, and then Burke kind of focusing on the lower back. Um, that springboard, those like springboard elbow Burke does is always uh, nice and crisp. He hits that, he hit that really good. Um, and then yeah, really, really out of nowhere came that finish. Um, just kind of, you know, just hit the GTS out of nowhere. But again, I mean, to their credit, they gave these guys, you know, 14 and a half minutes to really go out and, you know, put on a decent effort. Um, but again, it's just like you said, the, you know, we've seen these guys now and we've seen them in a regular match. We've seen them before in an extreme rules match. We've seen them in a two out of three falls. So it's like how many more times and how many more different matches can we see of them um, before, again, it kind of starts getting getting to be a little too much. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, CM Punk gets the win right before, uh, the Great American Bash, so it's good on him. Uh, and now we have, uh, Big Daddy V. Well, first we have Matt Stryker. He comes out to the ring and he introduces Big Daddy V. He's looking gigantic, like big. And, uh, he goes up against the jobber, uh, Tim Storm. 
um, for this matchup. I wanted to go dud, but I gave it a quarter star only because I think that, like, you know, Big Daddy V is showing a good, uh, a, a good, um, you know, like beat down, even though it's against a jobber and like, you know, he really squashes him. But, uh, you know, Viscera or Big Daddy V looks massive. And, uh, you know, I want to see what they really go with him uh, or where they go with him uh, for uh, future ECW episodes. But it's a quarter star. Yeah, I went a quarter star, too. I'm just pretty much here to get uh, V over. And, you know, Tim Storm, he's definitely not your um, – he was a lot bigger than your average jobber. I mean, you know, normally those guys are kind of, you know, especially when they're going up against, like, guys like, like Big Daddy V are usually, like, small or scrawny guys that uh, – that the giants can like throw around, but I mean, storm was a pretty big guy, but yet V was handling them pretty well with some of his power moves, like the, the Samoan drop and then the, the sidewalk slam for the win. So, um, yeah, good little, again, good little showing here to get V over strong and we'll see how he continues to, um, to grow over these, uh, over this time. Yep. So then now we have the Miz, uh, he's in the ring says, Chicks love him, and uh, the men fear him. Basically, it's almost like the opposite of uh, the opposite of Sable for the men who come to see me and for the women who want to be me. You know, so the Miz is like um, saying, like, you know, chicks dig me, and the men fear me. You know, so he's um, he's uh, being a little cocky person that he is. Um, he invites Extreme Expose, and they come to the ring. And the girls uh, start dancing for Miz. And you know what I thought was going to happen, Steve? Um, I thought they were actually going to set the Miz up for, um, if you recall, Big Dick Johnson uh, on ECW. I thought they were going to, like, bring him out and have the um, have him dance in front of the Miz and, like, you know, like, freak him out. You know, that's what I was looking for. I was like, oh, no, they actually went with uh, – the girls uh, putting on this performance for uh, the Miz here. I, it's funny. I thought the exact same. I was thinking the exact same thing. It's like, um, you know, Miz is you know too trusting of Layla. Considering the last time this happened between them, it was um, like you said when Big Dick Johnson came out and uh, and and, and they played with them. But um, yeah, the, the Miz's promo was really weird. It's like the way he was like delivering the lines about him being a chick magnet. Almost sounded like he was. Um, Almost like he was in, like he was addicted, like like it was like, and he was like, um, in like Alcoholics Anonymous almost, where I was like, I was almost waiting for him to say like, "Hi, my name's the Miz, and I'm a chick magnet." <laughs> yeah, it's it just like very, you know, condes- condescending, and um, we kind of, you know, spoke on the last episode, like you know, when he fought um, Nunzio, like was he supposed to be a face, or was, or was he supposed to be a heel, um. He definitely sounded of uh, definitely a lot more heelish with this promo, but then yet you got um him fawning him fawning with extreme ex- or extreme expose who are also fawning over him. So it's like, are they starting a heel turn, or is it just one of those things like um uh, yeah, it's it's just this whole this whole storyline, right? Whole thing going with Miz and extreme expose is really weird. I'll, I'll be interested to see how it plays out over these next few weeks. <laughs> yeah, um, and let's see what the Miz actually does. Um as well so now we have let's see oh we have uh tommy dreamer versus kevin thorne uh we've seen this a couple of times but uh it's it's good for for what it is uh 
Hip toss by Tommy, Dreamer, arm lock to Tommy, shoulder tackle by Thorne. Thorne continues to work on Tommy's shoulder. A neck breaker by Tommy. Modified frog splash to Thorne. Shoulder breaker to Tommy. Clothesline by Tommy. Thorne throws Tommy into the ring post. Ring post, and then uh, he pins him. So, no, oh, yeah. Um, but then, uh, you know, Tommy gets a... Um, Tommy gets um, the uh, surprise win here. Is it that one? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. That's not it. My bad. I got it wrong. Um, Tommy into the ring post, and then uh, he just pins him. So I want to start in a quarter on this matchup. I forgot what, the, what match we were having, uh, you know, because I know what, what the next match is with Kevin Thorne. I got it backwards. Sorry about that. Um, so he throws him <laughs> into the ring post, and... Uh, and just pins him, you know, and a star in a, I want to start on a quarter run. But then after um after he gives him the original sin, it's like why didn't you just pin him with the original sin? Yeah, I went star and a half. It was against fine stuff. Another another one for Thorne as he's kind of continues to just kind of be aimless. Um Dreamer again putting somebody over and yeah, just a, again, really weird end weird endy. I know that Thorne had been working the shoulder the whole time, but for him to just kind of send Dreamer to the post and then just pin him so nonchalantly just seemed really bizarre. And especially, like you said, then he just gives him the original sin after the match anyway. So it's like, why not just hit the original sin um, after you threw him into the post and then you and then you get the win? So I don't know. Yeah. So Thorne's, um, Thorne's still looking uh, pretty sharp over Tommy. They're still really trying to play this, like, vampire character and, um, you know, prove that uh he belongs and that he is a strong uh strong contender uh but you know i think it's just the clothes that make him look weird and like the whole vampire gimmick but we'll see what happens mm-hmm. so now um after all this uh hype of uh what's gonna happen with johnny nitro he comes out to the ring says he is johnny nitro no more so the reason why he says Johnny Nitro is leaving ECW is because Johnny Nitro, the name Johnny Nitro, is no more. Instead, he is now called John Morrison. He goes over like all of his accomplishments, like a real arrogant prick sort of like thing. Like, I was this and that, you know. Um, like uh, he said, like he lay he um helped his basketball team come back from a 34-point deficit. And, like, he was, like, an overachiever and all this stuff. Um, and then um, he asked, like, what the CM stands for in CM Punk. Punk comes to the ring. Nitro hits Punk with the mic. And then he hits him with the corkscrew neckbreaker by Morrison. So... John Morrison is now born. Johnny Nitro is gone, Steve. Yeah, this again was kind of kind of weird. Like I get, I get almost why he wanted to kind of get away from the, the like a Eminem branding and kind of branch out on his own. Um, you know, he's got kind of the up, you know, the looks not too that too updated, but the you know, but he's got like the the teased up hair and like the new outfit and um the uh his ring his theme is very uh, the very rudimentary only uh, theme for for him um i forgot that it was that that um that basic but um yeah the, the promo just felt too like 
dry for me. Like like you said, just you know, just really putting himself over. It, it reminded me a lot of uh, oh, what was it? Like, and I think it was like the fall of like September of six when he and Molina had like, like that that press conference that was like critically panned um, by everyone to the point that um. Because that was when he was shooting with Jeff Hardy for the IC title, and that was when Jeff made the reference that you know Nitro, like like watching a watching paint dry is better is more entertaining than Nitro. Um, I kind of kind of got the same vibes here as he's trying to kind of rebrand himself. Yeah, he's just coming across so wooden and so you know just you know blase. Um, I did you know again like I said putting putting himself over you know oh what's you know what's the CM stand for just sent just so just so lame really and then. The only good part about it was actually the um, the attack on Punk when he kind of got that cheap shot and then he hit the core screw uh, neck breaker. So that kind of saved the saved the segment. But he's definitely got to uh, really work on his um, on his promo skills if he wants to be taken seriously um, as the top heel of uh, of the brand. Yeah, to me, he felt like one of those like um, typical movie characters like uh, in the in high school, like. Oh, yeah, bro. You know, that was like all me. And like, you know, I did that. Like, this is all me. I like, you know, I'm trying to think of like a movie. I think it's like in 21 Jump Street uh, with Justin with um, with uh, Jonah Hill and uh, Chang Tatum. Like, he's one of those like flashy kids. Like, he's like not really the sports shock, but, uh, you know, and it's like the drama kid. He's just there. It's like, yeah, I'm rich, man. You know? Mm hmm. Yeah, like, you know, my parents pay for everything. Like, he was really doing that and stuff. So, like, that's how I really came off. Like, yeah, I'm rich, man, you know. Everyone hangs out with me and stuff. So, um, I think it was a good um, – I, I thought it was an all right promo. And uh, it was good to, like – I felt like it was good for the champion to get, like, the uh, last shot in on the challenger. And he hits him with the um, – he hits him with the microphone and then like the uh, corkscrew moonsault, so, the corkscrew uh, neckbreaker. So we'll see how um, the Great American Bash uh, panned out as we get into uh, EC, our second episode of the night, ECW, July 24th, 2007. We're live in Fresno, California. So we're finally not in Texas and we are in a new state, uh, California. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Get, get out of uh, Texas finally. I will just quickly um, just mention. Um, I know we've been talking a lot this whole year about some of the uh, the big wrestler wrestler deaths. Um, of course, we we're still you know the Benoit situation is still fresh in our minds. But we did have another passing. Um, actually, the day after our last ECW, um, and a tie into ECW because uh, that was the day that the uh, one half of the Eliminators, um, Cronus. Um, passed away. Um, wow. He let me just um yeah let me it just yeah it just says here that um he, that he passed away on that day. He was only let me where are you? Yeah, thirty eight years old. Thirty eight years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, oh. he, according, according to this, he um he was he was found um he was found dead in his fiance's home on July 18th, several days after undergoing knee surgery. Um, he died in his sleep. Apparently, according to the autopsy, his death was attributed to heart va- failure resulting from an enlarged heart. Okay. Jeez. So, you know, the whole uh, government crackdown on uh. On uh, the steroids and everything needs to come into play. Like not even for like the wrestlers, like who are the superstars who are in EC or in WWE now in 2007, but like you know 
it's not looking good for like the other side of the guys who are just like passing away who haven't been in WWE or ECW you know, in in a while as well. Mm-hmm. Did you like you know all the st- all the drugs and like the steroids and like whatever they took? You know, uh, yeah. So another one, uh, you know, I didn't even know Cronus was dead until you said it. I was like, I wonder if Cronus still alive, like the Illuminators. But uh, you proved my point that he's not alive. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So another one, and uh, you know. Even August is not going to be good for us, too, uh, with uh, pro wrestling deaths either. But alas, yeah. you know, the show always must go on. And we're here live in Fresno. John Morrison comes to the ring. Not Johnny Nitro anymore. John Morrison comes to the ring. And last night oh, on Sunday, um, that would be July 21st, I believe. Yeah, the 22nd. Yep. 22nd, he did. Yeah. Yeah, July 22nd, John Morrison defeats CM Punk uh, to retain the ECW championship, and he's carrying around the ECW title. Morrison said it's his mission to make a believer out of everyone, and he made believers out of everyone in at um at the great American at the Great American Bash. He said he was destined for great things. Says Punk will never get another title shot. Morrison is going to give someone a title shot if they can beat him in 15 minutes or less. Uh, no name jobber comes out. Morrison just uh, headbutts him, and then the corkscrew neckbreaker for the pin in 34 seconds. This was not a match. I did not rate it. Um, it was interesting, like you know, good heel tactic that you know. Morrison's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take on the toughest, baddest guy ever. And here comes this small uh, fry jobber to get his butt handed to him, too, in 34 seconds. So I thought it was a funny ha-ha from Morrison trying to be that, like, you know, cocky heel bad guy. Like, I can take on anybody. Yeah, I, I didn't rate it, rate it either. Um, I remember being shocked that they had Morrison win at the um, at the pay-per-view. Um, not just win, but win fairly clean. Um, as, you know, you figure, I'm sure many thought after the way that the last show ended, that, um, that, that was almost a given that Punk was going to win the belt, but, um, but instead they did have Morrison retain. Um, and again, you know, kind of the typical heel trope, like, oh, I beaten him, now I'm moving on from him. And, you know, he's kind of interesting that he would set up this little segment of his, you know, this, um, I think he called it like the 15 minutes of fame. Um, and the whole thing where it's like, if the guy could beat him or last the 15 minutes with him, they would get a future title shot. And then, like you said, this, like this, you know, he hypes up this, you know, this guy that he saw in the back as this big, you know, tough guy that's going to give him a challenge. And now comes this, you know, scrawny jobber and he gets, you know, laid waste in 34 seconds. So, um, yeah, good, good, just good way to get more heat on um, on Morrison as he continues this um, this run. Yep. And then, so now we have uh, Kevin Thorne versus Stevie Richards. <laughs> um, so there's uh, Kevin Thorne still marching on uh, in ECW. Um, and again, we have uh, Stevie Richards coming back. I'm thinking by now, I thought Stevie Richards was done, but like it's it's amazing to see like how long he actually uh, stays on for, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we actually got him until well into 2008 because he's uh, kind of they'll they'll like have him pop in every now and then and give him like a little mini push. So we'll 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 obviously have that to look forward to down the line. 
Yeah. Kevin Thorne versus Steven Richards. Clothesline by Thorne. Dropkick by Stevie. Thorne takes out Stevie's legs on the outside. Backbreaker by Thorne. Spinebuster to Stevie. Thorne goes for the original sin, but Stevie's counters it into a roll-up for the win. For this matchup, Steve, I want a star and a half. I did like it. Um, I thought that Stevie brought out the best in Punk and, I mean, the best in Thorne. And uh, for Stevie to get the uh, to the win here uh, was very surprising. I thought Thorne was just going to clean him up uh, and win with the original sin. But, uh, no, they gave um, Stevie the win here. So, a star and a half for me. Star and a quarter for me. Again, just kind of basic stuff. Um, Thorne pretty much dominates. Um, Stevie gets a little bit of, you know, little offensive, but then, like you said, the shocker at the end when he pins them, um, again, I don't know if this is going to be something towards where they're kind of giving Stevie this little underdog, like run, um, to maybe be something, you know, be something, um, I'm sure he, and, um, if they were to set something up with like him and Morrison that could, you know, provide a decent little match. Um, and obviously again, now, what does this mean for Thorne? He's now, you know, we've seen him over the last couple of weeks kind of just, you know, randomly beating guys, um, you know, mainly Dreamer. But now he's just dropped this dropped the match to this to, to Stevie, who's pretty much been a jobber at this point. So what's that do for him now? Yeah, um, you know, so like, let's see what uh, what um, what happens to Thorne. Let's see if he bounces back or is he just going to start losing matches now? Again, uh, you know, we uh, are going to see repetitiveness uh, here as well. As you saw, like two weeks ago, it was the Miz or Snunzio. We're getting that match again. We're getting the Miz or Snunzio again. Uh, Miz calls out Extreme Expose, and they all come out and they watch the Miz take on Nunzio. Nunzio takes Miz out, uh, takes Miz off his feet, across body to Miz. Huge kick to Nunzio from Miz. Huge clothesline by Miz. Tilt a whirl by Nunzio. Nunzio hits a Sicilian slice for a two count. Miz hits a neckbreaker for the win. Uh, for this matchup, Steve, I want a star and a quarter. It was it was fine too, but like it felt like the same as the uh, Stephen Richards, uh, Stevie Richards versus uh, Thorn uh, vibes here as well. Just with that surprising counter here. So the Miz uh, gets another win. Uh, what did you give the match? I gave it a star. It was fine. Um, unlike the unlike the match they had two weeks ago, where you weren't sure who was the you know whether Miz was supposed to be a face or a heel. Um, here he's a lot more defined as um, as the heel. Nunzio is definitely the face. Um, Miz again doing the, his whole uh, you know I'm a chick magnet you know attic promo at the beginning uh, before bringing um. Extreme expose out, and then extreme expose out, um, and then they, like like we said, they had a decent just kind of three and a half minutes. Miz dominates most of it. Nunzio gets a couple shots in, but then Miz wins with that neckbreaker, um, and then he brings expose uh, extreme expose into the ring, and then they dance. Um, and he's just like so awkward. It's 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 kind of funny, but at the same time, it's really cringeworthy to see this you know this goofball trying to impress these three hot ladies. Yeah, it's so bad. Like. Oh man, like, and he's trying to like dance, like, oh yeah, you do the robot. It's like, bro, no, don't do that. <laughs> you know, but like, they were sort of like hands on with him, being like, oh yeah, yeah, like, we love you, Miss, you know. So, 
I hope it brings up to like a uh, um a three like a triple threat to see who gets to go on like a date with the Miz. I hope it goes to like something like that, you know, or the Miz like making them like work to like get him get get a date with him or something like that, you know. Hmm. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so now we have again Big Daddy V versus local jobbers. Uh, Big Daddy V uh, throws the throws these guys around basically. Again, it's the same thing. For this one, I went to dud, Steve. It was the same thing, you know. He just kills these guys. So uh he's I feel like Big Daddy V is getting the Snitsky treatment, so I have a feeling that Boss Mahoney is uh, not too far down the line for uh, Big Daddy V to uh, crush him as well. Yeah, I want a quarter star. Um, the uh, the jobbers, by the way, their names are uh, Jimmy Cruz and Victor Calvillo. Um, I believe that's how you pronounce the last name. Um, the, I, they didn't say like specify which one was which, but the um, the bigger guy. Um, he, he kind of looked like he was doing like a really bad Bruiser Brody cosplay with the furry boots and the long hair. Um, and again, just kind of more, uh, more just, just having to, uh, having V throw around a couple of jobbers. Now they're kind of going the, um, the Andre route with him by having him face, you know, going these handicap matches against these jobbers um, to the point that he, you know, pins them both at the same time, like Andre used to do. So um, again, another, Win for him for V and like like you said we'll see where this um where this goes from here for him. Yep. And now Steve, it is time for our main event. And uh, if you thought that CM Punk versus uh, Elijah Burke was out of the cards, it's not. But uh, it's in a tag team match this time. It's CM Punk and Tommy Dreamer versus Elijah Burke and John Morrison. Um, Burke tags in Morrison because, like, Punk really wants to face him. Morrison and Burke go to work on Punk. Punk kicks Morrison and tosses Burke to the outside. Slingshot somersault to Burke. Diving elbow by Tommy. Tommy slams Morrison and slingshots him into the ring post. Texas Clover leap to Morrison. Dropkick to Tommy's knee. To, to Dropkick to Tommy's face. Huge kick to the back of Tommy's head by Burke. Springboard elbow by Burke. Backdrop to Morrison by Tommy. Neckbreaker to Morrison. Tag to Punk. Crossbody to Morrison. Springboard elbow to Springboard elbow to Burke. The running knee and bulldog to Burke. Shining Wizard to Morrison. And then a GTS to Burke for the win. For this matchup, Steve, I went um Two and a quarter. I thought it was a great. I thought it was a great matchup here. Uh, you know, Tommy did what Tommy had to do. He has got to take the. He's got to take mostly the beating from the bad guys so Punk can get the. Uh, you know, the heated finish. Uh, you know, like the hot tag, as they say. That's what this is. But uh, Tommy held his own against Morrison and Burke as well. Where it seems like they are trying to go with the new guys uh, being up on Tommy. You know, Tommy gets a few. Tommy gets a lot of shots in uh, during this matchup here. Yeah, I went um, I went three stars on this as well. And again, these guys, you know, get a lot of time. They got almost 16 minutes, um, which again, for a one hour TV show is, you know, it's it's a lot. And um, uh, but these are the four best guys to do it with. Um, 
you know, Dreamer, even though he has been kind of in the mode of uh, putting you guys over, he's obviously, you know, the other big name that they have on the brand that they have to put him in this, you know, in a spot like this to uh, partner with, partner up with Punk. Um, since I don't, since there's really nobody else on the roster on the ECW roster that can do that. Um, Morrison and Burke, I thought made made a nice little um, team, almost like they they actually almost had like matching um, colors, which was kind of unique, um, kind of showing a little solidarity. Um, and um, yeah, Punk and Morrison, they do get some more interaction with each other. Um, like you said, Dreamer plays the face in peril, then gets to hot tag the Punk, um, and then he kind of runs through both guys, and then eventually, you know, he does get the win for the team. He doesn't, you know, pin Morrison though. He does pin Burke, so kind of put in another, you know. Not for that, but it's uh, very clear that it looks like that um, Punk and Morrison are potentially heading for another collision course and for their third match, t- third match together come uh, come SummerSlam. I know, like it seems that like we're on the board already to like head to SummerSlam. And uh, another thing I wanted to bring up, uh, two things. Number one, John Cena retained. Uh, the WWE title against Bobby Lashley at the Great American Bash. And there was a promo for Triple H returning uh, at SummerSlam. Uh, he, he will return after his uh, quadricep injury that happened at the New Year's res- Resolution pay-per-view uh, in two, uh, January of 07. So uh, Triple H is also making his comeback. Yeah, so because I know we didn't talk about it, but on the last EC on the last ECO show we did, they did like a video package for CNN and Lashley, and um, and it got you hyped up because that was a pretty you know pretty big matchup for the for the pay per view, and they ended up actually delivering a you know kind of forgotten great match. Um, kind of sad though that that would be kind of Lashley's um kind of last big moment because I think um not long after that he gets um. He does get um, forced to the sidelines due to injury, and then by early 08, he um, he gets released to uh, to everyone's surprise. So kind of a kind of a quiet end to a guy that really kind of dominated ECW um, from the end of 06 into um, you know for most of this year. Yeah, again, uh, you know, I don't know what what happened. <laughs> you know, do they not have enough faith into Lashley too? You know, so they kept. Should they have kept him on ECW? That is the also the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then then like I said, the uh, Triple H um, vignette to hype his return, and then and he's actually, and of course he's not the only one returning at SummerSlam. We also know that uh, Rey Mysterio will be returning from some at SummerSlam as well from injury. So, rather right you know, rather right bad SummerSlam is already shaping up to be um, be a pretty historic show with those um, those two big returns. Oh, uh, yeah, because Mysterio had his knee surgery from uh, 06. Uh, that that knee surgery again, too, from the I Quit match uh, by Chavo Guerrero. So we'll see uh, we'll see how that pans out for everybody. So, yeah, so we're on the march to SummerSlam. Uh, hopefully we are on to, uh, you know, I want to see how they pan out these uh, ECW episodes. If we really are getting... Well, it's highly likely, but I mean, if we are really getting uh, Punk uh, Morrison now, uh, part three here, so we'll see what happens. Well, that's going to do it from us here on Extreme Resurrection. But before we go, uh, Steve, do you have anything that you want to direct the listeners to? 
So you can usually find me over on the um, PTB Pop Experience um, with my usual shows over there, Mickey Mount Rushmore, uh, the Video Jukebox Song of the Day, as well as Pop Goes the Classics. That's me, Andy, and Miranda. We're going through all the Disney animated films. Our last episode, we recently did Lilo and Stitch, which was a lot of fun. So our next episode will be about Treasure Planet as we kind of hit this little, um, I think, kind of like this nader for uh, for Disney in the uh, in the 2000s. So it'll be interesting to get to that. Um, also can be found um, periodically on other podcasts around the, this feed and the uh, North-South Connection feed. Um, I will actually just go ahead and say it. Um, I, um, I will be on a future episode of the Place to Be podcast where me, Scott, and JT – we of course start they're now doing their new little format where they're basically um they're going to be talking about like a history in a wrestling town and then um live watch a match from that city um when i was on we talked on um, the history of wrestling in las vegas because that's my current home and we did the live watch of the eddie ray cruiserweight title match from halloween havoc 97 so uh, be sure to uh, uh be sure to be sure to watch that or listen to that um and uh, like i said um north south connection um if you haven't subscribed to their youtube channel yet please do so they do a lot of great stuff over there um and finally of course the um ptb facebook group um by the time uh, on, we're recording this the greatest song of the 2000s tournament is now in the sweet 16 um meaning basically the regional finals so we are getting down to the uh to the wire here so by the time this drops um the tournament will either already have been decided or will be down possibly to the um, either the finals or the final four. So we are getting very close to determining what PTB Nation has chosen as the greatest song of the 2000s. Oh, yes. And, you know, you hate to see those heartbreak matchups go up against each other. You know, that you've been writing one song all the way and it's going up against a more popular song, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like oh I know this one's I'm gonna stick with my gut but I know it's not gonna win so I'm gonna enjoy to see what is the greatest song of 2000 and uh, you know yes this uh, pans out but uh, you're doing a great job with that uh, you know oh, thank you and I do um, I do want to say thank you to everybody that has participated um, in that tournament it's been a lot of it was a lot of a lot of work but it definitely was uh, very rewarding as for me you can find me uh, mostly on here on the place to be nation wrestling uh, feed uh, besides this podcast I have another podcast called nation invasion where I look back on the uh, WCW ECW invasion of WWF at the time uh, from July until November of 2001 we actually just dropped the nation of the in WWF invasion pay-per-view watch along where it was me and Matt Souza. We rated the matches. We asked if Rhino was the right guy to be put into the main event as the, as the ECW single representative or could have been Rob Van Dam and a whole lot more, um, a whole lot more there. So we watched that whole pay-per-view together. So while uh, you can check that out, well, that's going to do it from us here on Extreme Resurrection. He's Steve Riddle. I'm James Grunberg, and we will see you next time. <laughs>